Hey everybody, welcome to Rewrites. My name is Nathan. And my name is Jacob. And today, we wanted to talk about movies that have plots that are a little far-fetched. Movies that have stuff in them that make you go, what? And kind of question your suspension of disbelief for a moment. So why don't you follow us into Rewrites land and we'll talk about it. Well, this year's about time to rewrite the shows and movies that have way too many jokes and not quite enough boobies and we'll gladly try and tell you just what we'd improve. So come on down to rewrites and hell, what do you got to lose? So when, you, when you're inside of a movie and you stop and you think, even within its own rules that it has made. This movie is dumb. Or like this movie, they, like what? Yeah. It's kind of like one of those. Yeah. Like movies that make you go, what? If we could somehow name that. this. <laughs> Should we, like what would be a good movie to start off with? Do we want to just jump right into it? Do you have the list that I gave you? I have like, you have I have more? a list that, I have a li- an IMDb list that kind of has all the movies that we've talked about. Okay, yeah. I think we should start with Rookie of the Year. Okay, that's a great example. So, the reason for, for, uh, go ahead. for the for those that don't know the plot, this young kid breaks his arm. Yes, and he's like he's in a cast and he has it for some time and then he gets it off. And for some reason in the movie, yeah, how his arm heals in the way that he had it, like in his cast and everything, the doctor explains, yeah, that your tendons fused together in some weird scientific biological way that they try to explain, but they kind of gloss over it because it's a children's comedy. Yeah. Like, you know, they're not really trying to convince you that this Mm -hmm. is necessarily real, but they kind of are because they they are at least offering you an explanation that his tendons fuse together in such a way that he can now throw really hard or like, you know, his tendons are really strong or something, something to that effect. Yeah. And then he figures out by going to a Cubs game uh, and catching a foul ball um, from the opposing team. Mm-hmm. And so if anybody not familiar with baseball, or at least watching Major League Baseball, uh, when you catch a home run from the other team, you're supposed to throw the ball back because you don't want to keep that one because the, the rival team hit it. Yeah. You, know, you want to keep the home runs that your home team hit. Yeah. You know, And so they encourage him to throw the ball back And so he does, and when he throws it, he throws it from the stands in the outfield all the way to the catcher in the, you know... In such precision. However many feet away, which is insane. Yeah. Like, no one can throw a ball that that hard. Except this kid. Except this kid. The rookie of the year. Um, (laughs) That she becomes. But anyways, yeah, so... So they... So they, like, pretty much scout the kid. So they see that and go... Oh my goodness. We need that kid. We need that kid on the team because <laughs> he's watching the Cubs. And for those, you know, you know, maybe some of our younger audience, the Chicago Cubs used to be really bad. Like just the laughing stock of, of baseball pretty much. And so in the, and that's another thing that kind yeah. of grounds the film in reality. Yeah. Because the, the Cubs also were not good in real life. Yeah. And so they, Took that, and, and anyways. So since the team was hurting for good players, mm-hmm. they decide to find the person that threw the ball. It happens to be a, a twelve-year-old kid, and then they bring him on the team. 
A major league baseball team. Yeah. A 12-year-old boy. And he becomes... Doesn't he become the pitcher? He becomes the relief pitcher and basically wins them the World Series. <laughs> that's the, that's the, the... Spoiler alert for Rookie of the Year. I genuinely think Rookie of the Year is great. It's one of my favorite Well, movies. the good kid's comedy. It's a great and kid's was, comedy. The kid that plays Rookie of the Year, he was like in a lot of... He's in a few movies after that. A lot that. of those like 90s... Yeah, he was in Kid in King Arthur's Court. Yes, where he's like... Oh my gosh. Where he also played baseball, I believe. And then he was in... Yeah, because in the poster, him like wearing his, skates and like yeah, jumping with like, his... Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and he's in a baseball uniform. But the reason why we're talking about Rookie of the Year, we bring up Rookie of the Year and not Kid in King Arthur's Court is the conceit of Kid in King Arthur's Court. I realize I'm losing a lot of <laughs> alliteration right there. Um, the idea of that movie is that, you know, m- magic exists, Merlin exists, yeah. and this kid goes back to medieval times because of some stupid reason. Yeah. I can't remember why. But I can't anyway, remember. Though, like, he, he, he goes like, back in time, okay? And so, like, and so some people would be like, oh, well, but that's inconceivable or that's a plot that doesn't make sense because yeah. you can't just go back in time that doesn't exist but the movie see cre- that's a see that like push it goes past the threshold of weirdness that you're like oh that's reality in this film yeah but like this one doesn't push it enough where it's just like oh that's just weird right oh they're gonna they're, okay a kid can play major league baseball okay. yeah and so that's where and so that's why there's a difference because the Kid in King Arthur's Court is is about magic. Yeah. It's about a fantasy. It's yeah. a fantastical mm-hmm. premise, right? Mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year is not. It's supposed to be grounded in reality. Again, the Cubs, who much like in real life at the time, were not a good team. Mm-hmm. Hire a kid who happens to be able to throw a ball really far. Because that's yeah. another thing, too. Is like he's not good at pitching. Yeah. He can just throw... The- Really, really hard. hard yeah and they even they, they have to like, teach him they yeah, have to like, teach him how to, like, how, to, how to pitch yeah and even in the movie he hits batters and stuff because mm-hmm. he can't throw like precisely yeah well doesn't he have um, to doesn't he have to like be, uh be at the the mound uh, well doesn't he have to like hit with the baseball yeah eventually he has to bat because, because he, he the has rules because the rules he has yeah, to bat he, he has to bat and so then, you know, and they were like, oh, no, like, we weren't we weren't anticipating this. And it's yeah. like, motherfucker, you put this 12-year-old you, you kid, put a kid in a baseball the- <laughs> game. Like, you didn't anticipate this? Um, How, I mean, like, where's the rule? Like, there has to be rules. There's all sorts of weird rules, <laughs> and I'm not even going to begin to try to explain the rules oh, of yeah. baseball on this show. I know some of you right now are thinking, oh, man, I would love nothing more than to hear Nathan talk Explain. about <laughs> the, the really meticulous and uh, stringent rules of baseball. But anyways, uh, but... Th- but why we bring it up is that there's no way in the world a Major League Baseball team would have a 12-year-old boy play Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. It just wouldn't especially happen. Be a, especially be the relief pitcher. I'm fairly certain that's illegal. Yeah. First of all. <laughs> like, it, it in the just regular law. I mean, yeah. child labor laws, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something to where you could play Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Let's say that maybe there is. Yeah. There's no way that in the baseball bylaws, like, you know, bargaining agreements and things like that, contractually, yeah. all of that stuff, there's no way that they would even do that. Yeah. And it's just like, and again, it's 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 silly to think that, you know, that that would be a thing. Oh. That he would do that. That they would take the time also to have a 12-year-old kid who has never pitched before in his life become a World Series winning caliber relief pitcher. Yeah for a team in like a month 
because that's what they do in the mm-hmm. movie. And also let Gary Busey, yes, Chet <laughs> Stedman, <laughs> be the one. Is that his name? His name is Chet Stedman. Uh, guys, I'm telling you, I love this movie. That's yeah. why. That's why it hurts me to to bring up how ridiculous it is. But it is. It also has one of the maybe the it is the best Daniel Stern role. Da- Daniel Stern in that film is that's number one. The he's only pretty other, funny. He's he's very funny. It barely edges out another amazing role of Daniel Stern's. And I'll take this opportunity to segue into our next movie we wanted to talk about, which is Home Alone Two. Yeah, I believe also that that Home Alone Two is inconceivable. It in is so crazy, its and it's so crazy. I was now, I was talking to you earlier about it's like yeah yeah we could, I was like because I was thinking Home Alone One, but not only would Home Alone One be so crazy. Well, it's crazy because it's a kid movie, but it's like a horror story when you think about it. Yeah, the kids but when you scared. think about Home Alone Two. It's like that's even crazier and inconceivable that this could happen to this kid again a second time. Yes. And also be coincidentally in the situation again but with the robbers from the, the first same movie. robbers. Yeah. In a different city <laughs> at the same exact time. Oh yeah, Christmas time. And the same time, you know. Yeah. And you know, so let alone the fact cuz cuz you brought up a good point earlier like oh well we could have brought up Home Alone 1 but I guess it, you know because Home Alone 1 that's not that crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, it's just like a kid defending himself from from yeah, home invaders, right? But even the way that they leave him home alone is is like okay because it it takes the steps to show oh, yeah. you. It's like how they accidentally because they do the head count how it could happen. And he looks like the the kid they do the head count looks like well that's the Calister, right and and all of that. But then also be- also like they show that like the lights or the uh, their alarms didn't go off. Yeah. And so like you know so they have to rush. They locked Kevin all relatable the, things. They locked Kevin in the attic because he was being bad, bad and all yeah. of a sudden so they forgot to wake him up and like all this stuff. And so like they take really good care of of putting it in a situation where all right maybe parents would leave their kid at home. alone. Yeah. At home. Yeah. You know maybe it would happen. And it's not to say that they don't take the steps again in Home Alone 2, because they do. But you just think- the sheer fact that it would... It, like, you would never go on vacation again. Yeah, you would have to, like, think about it. It's like, okay, okay, do we have D- Kevin? Do we have Kevin specifically? Okay, it's Kevin here! Yeah. <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> like, Kevin would literally be front and center. Like, it, But I wouldn't even let him walk in the airport. Oh, I know. I don't even care like, how I'm old I'm carrying he is. you. If You're in the luggage. He could be 17. And I'm picking yeah. him up and holding him like a baby and bringing him down the, the you know, the bill detectors. Bandits are never touching you ever again. Yeah, exactly. Yet, so for PTSD. some reason, so for some reason, they, they forget him again, right? And so he makes it to New York. So he's, and in this movie, it also doesn't give you, I don't know if it gives, it does a good job of explaining how long after that it is, but I'm sure it's not more than like oh, a year. Oh, you mean from the first movie? Right. But I bet it's not more than a year or two. Because he doesn't, he doesn't look nearly that old. I mean, oh yeah, let he alone the like, filming of the movie. I mean, yeah, the fil- it it was filmed. I'm sure a year or two later. Yeah, because it was so successful. Yeah, all in one. But anyway, so so I mean, he's still very young mm-hmm. and looks like a. Ch- I mean, he's a child. I mean, yeah. he's not. You know, there's no mistaking him for any sort of adult. Mm-hmm. And again, they they do the they try to make it seem like ah, uh, I guess I could, I guess a. a someone that runs the front desk of a really, really posh New York hotel. Would that let, Trump would stay in. Yeah. Donald Trump, the POTUS, the most important man in the world. Sorry. <laughs> it, 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 he would stay at this hotel that they would let a, a fucking 10-year-old kid get a room. Oh, like, I, I don't give a shit if he has, like, 
there's no way, and maybe things were more lax in the early 90s, but like in this day and age, there's no fucking way yeah, oh, yeah. that they would let that happen. Just let a little he like kid. uses his dad's credit I'm trying to think, card. I'm trying to think like how often would that even happen at a posh like hotel? Yeah. Like, would they be like, yeah, that's just like a kid with a with some spoiled spoiled kid with parents. But are you going to even let that happen? If you're oh, possible, I know. The PR that you're going to get, if you let a little kid stay at your hotel, like people are oh, going to give you looks. Like, if it, Lord knows if there's something bad happening, mm-hmm. you're going to fucking go down for that. Yeah. Like, you're going to be all over the papers, like all this hotel. You well, know, not only that, it's like children. there is like some suspicions like, I don't think your dad's here. Right, yeah. Then he like, they like sneak in, like the staff sneaks into right. his room <laughs> when the, they're like showering and the stuff. the amazing Tim Curry scenes. Oh my gosh. Which is the only reason reasons why you watch that movie oh tim curry as, awesome as soon movie. as he leaves the hotel and and by that tim curry you don't need to watch that oh movie. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can pretty much turn it off but anyways so so that all, all of these things are crazy mm-hmm. like there's no like the fact that these things would happen are crazy but then he runs into the wet bandits again mm-hmm. now they're the sticky bandits excuse me but runs into them again foils a robbery that they're trying to do yeah which it's like now all of a sudden Kevin is a cop. Yeah. He used to be like a scared kid in his house. Now he's like, no, I'm going to stop no, this. I've, from I've happening. been I he's like it's like die hard. He's essentially like, Batman. Yeah. Kevin McCallagher is Batman. <laughs> uh but yeah, he's yeah, he's John McClane. He's, yeah. uh, he's you know, he's trying it's to like I've done this before. Yeah, like, oh another Christmas, uh, you know, like yeah. you gotta stab him. They tell and, me <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, and he's so he's doing that. And then on top of that, even he has a random uncle or some shit. That happens to live in New York and happens to have this giant labyrinth of a house. That well, it's he's like remodeling. it's like they, it's like they have to bring that up just to connect him to that house. Yeah, but they need to give him a house to go to. Yeah, to set up some like because that's what he did. Some in the saw first traps. Movie. Yeah, but and so it's like you know people that bought that ticket to Home Alone too. They wanted micro machines. They wanted Kevin's like little oh, hand I know, the drawn little, maps of yeah. traps and stuff. Yeah. That's what that's the juice. That's what they wanted. Mm. And I'm sure there was a lot of people that were going, "Where are all the swinging paint cans, Joel? I don't see any of that stuff." <laughs> the last movie was great, but this is oh, there's too much uh, too many bird women and, and like <laughs> all this stuff. What is this crap? And so they're like, "Oh man, we got to punch this up." Well, how about okay, his he, weird he's an uncle. cousin? Yeah. <laughs> Your weird cousin happens to have an abandoned house in New Do we York see City. the uncle? No, no, no. no, no we don't, don't need even, to see you him. You don't even need to see him. Just like make sure he goes there, and then that's where he can have basically the rehash of Home Alone one within Home Alone two. And then of course you get you get everything again that you got in Home Alone one, with the exception of, and this is what drove me nuts. I watched it last year, I think, for Christmas. It what drives me nuts is okay. So instead of just you know trying to heat up a doorknob. Or, you know, uh, throw paint on them or yeah. do stuff. He graduates to throwing bricks, bricks from at them the- from the top of a building. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, he's he's conservatively three stories up. Oh, I know. If not five. I mean, like, it's really tall. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll even give him the credit to say that it's three. Yeah. Three stories up. Marv's on the fucking sidewalk. He's like a hundred feet down from this or, or whatever. Kevin chucks a brick and hits him in the forehead. Yeah. His head would fucking explode. Oh, I know. His head would explode. So many things need like, to be right. Yeah, he would like, be... Like, rookie of the year, like, oh, look at that precision. McAllister even also has yeah. the heaviest heaviest piece of and rock. it's not just, just a regular it. brick. It's a. It's like, a, it's almost a cinder block. Oh, yeah. It's you fucking You build houses big. with this shit. Yeah. 
and he hits him in the fucking forehead. And I think he does it twice. He does it twice. I'm pretty sure it's two times. Yeah. It, Harry would be deader than anything that's oh, ever know. been dead in the whole history of deadness. Like, I don't... Anyways. But, yeah. I mean, that's, so my, that's, thing about, <laughs> that's my thing about the the tool the tool uh, box from the first one. Yeah. Just going down the ladder, and they're just like, right. what and is hit, that? What is that? And then it hits the door. And yeah. Knocks on. Yeah. I mean, that would fucking knock you unconscious. Oh, if I know. Not but the bricks, you, you're dead. You're going to be dead. Yeah. End of movie. That's the end of it. Oh, that's easy. Kevin's going to probably go to prison. Kevin just, like, claps his hands. Just yeah, like, well, like, that's, well, look at that. I murdered that man. Yep. You know? But, yeah. But that, that always, you know, so that one's always uh, and one that, that it's tough to it's tough to live in that space because you're thinking like what like would that happen yeah so another one that we were talking about uh or that i came up on this or that i came up with earlier saw earlier on the list was uh snakes on a plane snakes on a plane is a pretty insane storyline it is but it's but is it one where and I think it's i think it's borderline because like we were it's saying like an 80s storyline yeah in a, in a modern movie but like we were saying, you know, it, is it, are we being too hard on it? Like, are we, are we expecting too much from Snakes on a Plane? But I think that it's the idea behind it, if I'm wrong, maybe, but is there is a uh, witness to like a mob murder or something to that effect. It's the plot, the specific plot to kill someone on a plane is inconceivable. Is like, why put this much effort? Why would you do it? Yeah. At all. That's what's so crazy about this movie. Yeah. Because like a lot of people would be like, oh, I'm gonna blow up that plane. You right. Know what I mean, right. Yeah. Because and and so real quick for anybody that hasn't seen that movie, um, it's a terrible movie, but it's kind of fun. Oh, it's like, definitely it, it's definitely a fun one to watch. It's a, it's a good bad movie sort yeah. of. Yeah. Get um, with like a group of friends to watch it. Yeah, just laugh be, at it. Definitely not. It's yeah. I got to be with people to make fun of it. But the idea behind the movie is that there's a guy that is basically witness to a murder or something like yeah, that. Yeah. He's like a witness. Yeah, something. yeah. And Samuel L. Jackson is a cop and is uh, help helping like escort him to like uh, a testimony or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so he gets him on a plane. And the idea is, uh, this is also after 9-11, I believe. Yes. yes this, this is was like 2003 or four. 2006. Oh, 2006. Okay. Um, so, I mean, this is in the era of, you know, uh, high security. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, paranoia and all that. Um, they get on this plane and the, uh, mob guy or whoever he's going to testify against, uh, wants to kill the witness. Mm -hmm. And to do so, he's decided to not try to shoot him, not try to blow him up, not try to poison him, uh, not try to hit him with a car, not try to do anything that, you know, would normally happen in a hit situation, trying to kill somebody or something like that. Instead, he loads a ridiculous amount of of venomous snakes from all over the world all over the world and like coat the plane in pheromones i think yeah so there's something so like it's that. like a it's like a vacation plane like they're coming from like hawaii something like that yeah so they put they give everybody like uh a lay a lay right that you put around and, like a necklace thing yeah and that has the smell on it yes right yeah. well you're right right yeah that's the plot of this movie yes yeah. I don't think we need to say a lot more other than that's yeah that's, that's the plot ridiculous yeah there's like a box it. of them all and then they it, like a timer goes off and it unlocks and they, them yeah and all the snakes get out so you and just watch like all these like innocent people yeah get like demolished by snakes yeah and it's kind of poor hilarious. animals too. it's kind of hilarious you, you know, know it is and, and all it's of that de- <laughs> like I'm trying to think of like a movie that you can compare it to it's like one of the it's like piranha it's, maybe 
Yes, I mean it's that type of. Like it's creature. called it's called an action crime thriller. It's like what the genre of it is, but I would almost put it in the light of like that dark comedy horror. Yeah, where it, like yeah, like Piranha, like the think, remake of Piranha. Because I, I think say. there's even some jump scares in it. Oh yeah, I think a bunch a couple of them. moments where a snake. Oh yeah, because there's like the scene where these like this couple's trying to join the Mile High Club. That's when you have sex on a plane mid-flight, and they, and there's like this one snake that just like destroys the like just pecks at this guy's face and it's just like that's the jumps there's like jump scares like that yeah but it's also the it's like a horror movie premise yeah you know it's the whole it's the whole oh you had sex you have to die premise of horror film and it's like the plane just like they're like still flying and they're just trying to defend themselves from all these like it's just drenched in snakes (laughs) there's so many snakes they're just dripping with snakes it's just everywhere like how did how did how did we miss these snakes swimming in snakes yeah, it's a lot no, of snakes. It's, it's <laughs> but yeah, but the it, and again, like it, it's a crazy. We get it that it's supposed to be dumb and it's supposed to be this outrageous plot and yeah. all of this stuff. But it's just even within itself, it's like would somebody do that? Would somebody go through the trouble to do all of that just to kill a guy when there's a million easier ways to do it or just blow up the fucking plane? Like oh, you're, I know. you plan on killing everyone anyway. Yeah. Kill just blow the plane up. Yeah. Why would you anyways? So it's with the it's idea. It's a big plane, too. It is a big plane. Yeah. A lot of it's passengers like a, it's on a double decker it. plane. Oh, yeah, it is a double decker plane. I think because international flights have to be. Something like that. Well, sometimes. Anyways, I digress. Snakes on a snakes on a plane. The reason why it's bad is because why would somebody go through the trouble to do all of that? to you know yeah to to exact a plot you yeah know? like why why would the plot need that why do they need why to does do it have to be so complicated well it's like why choose the idea it's like they wanted to like how can we have like snakes on a plane oh i got an idea let's have it where they have to kill someone from that plane and we'll just like terrorize it with snakes yeah and everyone will just die but somebody in the writing room was probably like wow that seems way overly convoluted yeah and, like why would somebody do that and yeah. they were like just shut up no one will care yeah, yeah. it's a movie like we like if you wanted to have snakes on a plane it could be just that some guy wanted to be fucking crazy and want to have snakes on a plane yeah. and just have it unlocked or it could have been that it just shit goes wrong and this guy was actually trying to have snakes transported for a zoology kind of study and that's that it would be the uh schlock 80s horror movie plot like yeah that, that's what they would have done back then because that makes more sense yeah and and not not in that it makes sense but it's just if it was somebody's like like if it wasn't someone's intent to kill somebody but it just yeah. went awry, it just went yeah exactly that's like way Jurassic better. park style right yeah that's on a that's a lot better to swallow i guess mm-hmm. than than oh yeah somebody just made this intricate plot to, to have like, snakes <laughs> maybe kill a guy yeah when you could just shoot him yeah you know like yeah. or you could poison him or yeah. if you have the resources and the the the, the means to get a, to do all of this, mm-hmm. you would have the means to assassinate him other ways. Mm-hmm. You just would, mm-hmm. like, because it's ridiculous. Um, and so it's with that idea that it's like, why are you making this so complicated when you don't need to be? That I want to segue to our main event of why we started this or why we did this particular episode of this podcast is we wanted to talk about the movie Reindeer Games. <laughs> uh, for those of you not familiar, Reindeer Games is a movie that came out in two thousand. Jacob. Could probably oh get my it gosh. here. It is 
uh, it's 2000. It's uh, on the dot, 2000. There is a movie from 1996 called Reindeer Games. No one cares about that. Yeah, you're right. So Reindeer Games is a little movie that came out in 2000 mm-hmm. uh, starring Ben Affleck, uh, Charlie's Theron. And Gary Sinise. And Gary Sinise. Three and and some other notable and, people. You know, I think like Danny Trejo like say, is Danny in it. Yeah. You know, and like uh, what's you know, there's a couple others, but yeah. uh, oh, Dennis Farina's in it. An yeah, amazing role. Uh, but anyways, the reason why we brought this movie up originally is we actually talked about it uh, when Jacob and I were recording our Christmas episode, which you guys can go back and listen to. It's great, even though it's not Christmas, it's still fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were talking about Christmas movies. Because Reindeer Games, uh, as the title would entail, does have elements of Christmas in it. Yes. Um, but ultimately, that's not really what it's about. Like, it's it's mostly about a bank robbery or a, a casino heist. Yeah. And while we were talking about this movie and trying to describe the plot and decide whether or not it was a Christmas movie back then, we realized that it has one of the stupidest, most convoluted plots of any movie we've ever seen yeah uh to the point where it's it doesn't really i mean it, it just why go through the trouble to do this and we'll explain oh, I know. we'll explain or we'll try to we also tried to explain it to each other and then we tried to explain it to a friend of ours in the moment and it was very hard to do mm-hmm. so we're gonna try to do it again now yeah <laughs> uh for real and so for anybody that has not seen reindeer games would you even recommend it i i I don't know. Is it a good bad movie or is it not even good? I don't even know. It has a meta meta score as of thirty seven. I feel like that's probably right. So it's the only reason I had watched it is because I was like, oh, what can I watch? And it was on Netflix. Netflix at the t- Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. It was at the time it was on there, and I was like, oh, what movie am I going to watch? I watched a bunch of trailers, and I was like, this one seems kind of fun, and yeah. I was just watching, it and I was like, oh wow, this movie's weird yeah it's weird it's it's a okay it's trying to be something that it's not which is it's trying to be a tarantino-esque yes kind of violent movie it is it's trying to be flashy it's trying to be stylish Mm -hmm. but it's just it's just bad so Mm -hmm. the plot of this movie we'll try we'll we will try our best to describe it because this is this is the problem with this movie um the plot of the spoiler alert this spoiler alert for ranger games i mean really we've spoiled every movie yeah sort of but um anyways reindeer games stars ben affleck ben affleck plays a an ex-con or a a, a convicted felon yeah he's a prisoner yes he is really good at stealing cars that's why he's there he is jailed or prisoned anyways Mm -hmm. um he's good at stealing cars he says a couple times he's like a wheel man or he's like a whatever cars in my game anyway uh so he's a car thief and while he's in prison and this other movie begins um, while he's in prison, he befriends his cellmate, uh, who we'll just call his friend. Yeah. Um, prison friend. He uh, makes friends with this guy. The prison friend has a uh, kind of a sweetheart, yeah. a girl on the outside kind of mm-hmm. waiting for him kind of thing, where they're like pen pals and they write each other letters and she sends him pictures yeah. and, and things like that. And the prison friend talks to Ben Affleck about oh man when i get out and i don't know a few days yeah. or whatever the fuck it is um i'm gonna meet my sweetheart and you know it's gonna be great and blah mm-hmm. blah blah. she's loved my life this and that and the other and ben affleck's sitting there going man 
I wish I had somebody on the outside. You know, I'm getting out in a few days too. And it's going to be Christmas time. And I don't have anybody. And like, blah, blah, blah. And so he's sitting there kind of trying to connect with his prison mate about, uh, you know, how he's happy for him that he has a girl on the outside and all yeah. that. So fast forward a little bit. And there is a uh, fight in the prison. And the prison friend is shanked and dies. Yeah. And Ben Affleck. shanked hard. He shanked hard. Uh, and Ben Affleck is really broken up about it. So much so that when he is released <laughs> from prison a couple days later and sees the uh, sweetheart slash girlfriend waiting on the outside, for some reason not knowing that her inside uh, prison friend has 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 died has been shanked hard right has been shanked hard as we said um not realizing that she's standing there waiting for uh you know for him and it is all for naught of course and she's getting very sad and ben affleck is so broken up about his prison friend being shanked that he decides to take the opportunity to to be prison friend to be prison friend now somehow we're supposed to believe that and this is possible i suppose but that Charlize Theron has sent the prison friend all these photos of herself, because she's obviously one of the hottest women yeah. on the planet, uh, and, you know, is has all these photos of herself, blah, blah, blah. And the prison friend didn't send any photos. Well, how would you do that as a prisoner? And that's fair. And yeah. that's fair in 2000. You're right. It is. But you feel like you would describe yourself maybe You would probably describe yourself. I don't know. I don't remember any um, conversation. You know, but yeah. But I guess the idea is that they had never met. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were pen pals that turned into a romance or whatever. Um, and so Ben Affleck takes this opportunity to pretend to be prison the prison friend, friend yeah. to uh, hook up with Charlize Theron. What a crazy plot. Already this plot's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're in 2020. I mean, even in 2000, this was kind of a shitty thing to do. Yeah. Uh, what a dick. You're essentially raping someone. I mean, like you can you can parse the details all you want, but at the end of the day, you're pretending to be someone else to to get the V to get the V and get it. He does. He's also Ben Affleck. You know, he's a handsome guy. Yeah. Anyways, point <laughs> the point is is that it already starts out with a pretty terrible idea. That is, Ben Affleck is our our main character, by the way, the hero of this movie starts out with pretending that he is another guy so that he can bang his girlfriend. We'll just mm-hmm. rest on that for a minute. Yeah. Uh, so that's how the movie begins. This is like minute 10. <laughs> yeah. This is like how this already... This is the groundwork. Yeah, it's already like, what is going on? Like, this is, this is insane. Uh, so they hook up in like a hotel room or something, and she's talking to him about how... They're going to start their lives together. Uh, he's going to get a job or something. Mm. And she already works as like a waitress. Yeah. Or I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. He's not thinking of a game plan here. No. They're just like, banging. Like, how is this going to work? Yeah. He's just banging a hot chick in a hotel room. And since he knows uh, a lot about... Uh, prison friend. Prison friend. Because they were cellmates. They talked yeah. all the time. All he they kn- have is he, time. He knows... Yeah. He knows all the, the details. The of, ins and outs. Uh, of this guy, and so he can he does a good job, you know, covering up and pretending. Yeah. So, uh, so he has a fun couple of days or whatever with Charlize Theron, and then the movie begins. It's really the meat of it, which we're not even in the meat of it. If you can, guess. I know this is like um, still nothing. To yeah. What's what's to come? So then, while they're in the hotel room, 
a man bursts in uh, with a bunch of goons, mm-hmm. and they rough up Ben Affleck, and he's like, whoa, what's going on? And they're like, put a sock in it, prison friend. We know it's you. You were a, uh, you worked at a casino when you were whatever before you got put in prison, and we want to rob that casino, and we're going to make you help us. And so, and I'm the I'm the brother. <laughs> yeah, and I'm and I'm I'm Charlie's Theron's brother, and so she told me all about you from writing you in prison, and now me and my bad you know goons or whatever my other criminal friends mm-hmm. are going to take advantage of you and and make you help us. So then the movie really begins. It's like, oh wow, okay, so this is the idea. So then. Ben Affleck has to try to admit to them. Uh, I think, right? Doesn't yeah, he, he's like, I am not prison. Friend. Yeah, he's saying, I'm not prison friend. What I'm, do you mean I'm, you're not? Prison yeah, what friend? do you mean? You would, you would, you just pretended you were prison friend to sleep with my sister, right? What a despicable man! And he says, oh, and then I think he goes back on it. Yeah, he goes back on it because he's, he's like, like, oh wait, I am prison friend. Yeah, or something. Right? No, no, you're exactly right. Yeah, that, you're completely right. And so he, so, so he like. So he's like, "Oh no, I have to I have to keep being prison friend or they're going to maybe kill me because I've I've clearly done something wrong." And mm. he has. Yeah. Anyways. Um so anyways, he now he's like trapped in the situation so, where yeah. he is prison friend. And it's like, "What is he going to do?" And it's just all, you know, whatever. What a situation. What a, I'm what in. a pickle. Uh so now Ben Affleck is mistaken uh, this time uh, you know, against his will, or like, you know, he would rather not be mistaken for the prison friend and is. Uh, so then they go on to, you know, beat him up a little more. They take him to the casino. They make him like draw a map or some shit. Like, they're yeah. going to try to rob it on Christmas because that's when they get all the money um, for some reason. Doesn't really make sense, but I don't know. Whatever. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the point. That's this movie's the point. bad. Uh, so they try to get his help in robbing the place. So while they're going through all this stuff, Ben Affleck's still just going, what am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. He's trying to calm down Charlize Theron, and, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. My brother's a crazy psycho, but just do what he says, and he won't kill you, and he won't kill me. and Because he like, he like hits her, I think, yeah. or something. And so she's like, oh. Man, Nathan, what a crazy plot. It's just a crazy plot. Um, and so she you know, kind of coerces him into, you know, into helping him. And then we get uh, a scene a little bit later into the movie, like right before they're about to rob the casino. Yeah. Um, they're in a, a different hotel mm-hmm. and Charlie's Theron is, uh, in the swimming pool. Yeah. In the, well, don't forget in the Ben Affleck is trying to escape. Oh, he's trying to escape too. Yeah. Yeah. So he's trying to break out of the situation he's in. Yeah. Cause he's really good at hot, hot wiring cars and getting out of situations that exactly. require that type of skill that he can break out of a hotel because of the yeah. car, the key card thing that you'd see there. Yeah, exactly. So as he's breaking out, he witnesses yes. a very interesting pool scene. Yeah. A very pool, an interesting pool scene where Charlie Theron and the brother are in the pool together and start fucking. And you're like, what? Yeah. Charlie's Theron brother isn't his sister at all. And in fact, they are together. Yeah. And, and they're they, just pretending. They're just pretending to be brother and sister to try to get Ben Affleck, you know. Who's pretending to, to, to be prison who's friend. Who's pretending to be prison friend to help them rob a casino. 
So she was playing prison friend who's now, you know, who Ben Affleck is pretending to be. Yeah. So they think that they've, you know, pulled one over on him. A lot him. of conceit. A lot of conceit. Uh, you know, a lot of, yeah, or, or deceit. Oh, you, you're you right. Know, in this. And so so this is like this big revelation for Ben Affleck. He's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And so the robbery happens and they pull off, you know, pull off the heist. And as it's going on, Ben Affleck tries to escape again. And, you know, some crazy action scenes happen and car chases and all these sorts of things that make an action movie an action movie. And then it is revealed that Charlize Theron double crosses Gary Sinise. Who's the brother? Who's the, who's yeah. the brother slash boyfriend of yeah. her. Brother slash boyfriend gets... Gets shot by Charlize Theron. And you think, oh, no. She's she's double crossing him, or you know, she, yeah. she wanted the money all to herself, yeah, and all the stuff, and and the boyfriend, and ben surprised. the boyfriend was just on the thing, and Ben was surprised, and to, and he was a certain level of surprised, but he was even more surprised when it was revealed that not only was Charlize Theron not the guy's sister, and not the guy's girlfriend, but was all along. In fact, the girlfriend of prison friend who is alive and behind the whole heist. The whole heist. And steps out of the shadows at the end of the movie, revealing himself to Ben Affleck. Like, Telling hey. him, I didn't get shanked hard in prison. I was behind this whole thing. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> to which Ben Affleck goes, oh my God, I got to get out of here. I saw you get shanked hard. I saw you get shanked hard. I saw her fucking this guy. And then she's fucking you, but then she fucked me. <laughs> what? And you're okay with this? And you're okay with this? And then, you know, and so then he kills both of them as he tries to get away and the movie resolves itself. And and then that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And Ben Affleck gets away. The problem with all of this is if you haven't already picked out all the problems with this and so, the sheer fact that it took I feel like 10 minutes need- to explain the plot of this movie. Go ahead. That prison friend yes. was alive the whole time. Was alive the whole time. Was alive the whole time. Yeah. And was a completely okay. Right. With not one. But, but two. two men. <laughs> and ba- banging out his girlfriend. Yeah. And he didn't want to be a part of the prison heist physically. No. So he just made someone else do it for him. But totally could have just not done any of this situation. No. If he just didn't talk to Charlie's Theron at the very beginning and didn't pretend to be prison friend. Exactly. So this entire plot of the, that was this banking guy had, on Ben for, was, was ben not, Aff- o- not only was it banking on Ben Affleck doing a really ha- kind of heinous thing, or at yeah. least, or at least, I mean, you guys, you could argue it, but I, it's at least not good. Yeah, it's not good. Okay. It's if not criminal, whatever you want to say, of pretending to be the prison friend, assuming the identity of his prison friend, to take advantage of a woman. They assumed that he would do that. Yeah. Which is crazy. The whole plot of your movie is based on, hey, maybe this guy's going to sexually assault someone, yeah. essentially. And then that means he was also banking on that also he would continue on. being prison friend. Yes. Long enough. Long enough. To dupe... Gary not, Sinise. Yeah. Because he's also being duped. Yeah. He thinks that Charlize is his girlfriend who's pretending to be his sister mm-hmm. to dupe Ben Affleck. Yeah. 
But really, Gary Sinise is being duped by her and that she's his girlfriend. So they're also banking on the fact that Gary Sinise would be okay with his girlfriend banging Ben Affleck. And also, you know, going along with everything of his own device and making sure that it's in line with the prison friend. Because he doesn't know the prison friend exists. Yeah. So, (laughs) I'm starting to go cross-eyed trying to explain this movie and like how it's stupid. But yeah, it's just, all of it is based on one tiny thing could have went a different way and your entire plot is completely Mm. crumbled. Like it's just too inconceivable. It's too crazy. So like while, not only was he banking on Ben Affleck to do all these things, he's also banking that while he's in prison, Charlie's Theron is out and about fucking people, trying people out to figure out, yeah, these people are going to be good to do the bank heist. Yes. Or the casino heist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're also like, we need to pick someone to do the whole... We also need to do all this. Up. Then we need... And, and yeah, there's a lot to this plot. He didn't need Ben Affleck at all. No, he didn't. He didn't. No. It doesn't make any... Because he, he is the one that knows about the casino. Because, well, the thing about it is if Ben Affleck wasn't there, they would have just made Gary Sinise yeah. the brother. Or do they it. would be brother at that time. But, yeah, but whatever. But they would make them do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you didn't need Ben Affleck at all. No. Because you know that he, he's the one that knows about the casino, the prison yeah. friend. So they didn't need him at all. No. So, no, I mean, it's all. just... Yeah. So, I mean, you guys, this movie's dumb. It's so dumb. This movie's dumb. How did he fake his death in prison? Yeah. How much How much resources would you need? Oh, I know. You would need the whole, the, the whole prison. Yeah, you'd need to bribe, like, several guards, the, the infirmary, the prison, other, other uh, inmates... All this thing, all these things, yeah, just to fake your own death. And he was already going to get out of prison. Oh, I know. A few days later, yeah. So it's like, what? well, he it's like he wanted to. It's like the whole point. Like he wanted, he didn't need Ben Affleck. No, he wanted Ben Affleck he to do that. Him. He wanted to. But why do you need Gary Sinise if you need if you wanted Ben Affleck? Somebody? Because you need the muscle. I guess. See again, you're you're defending these movies. No, no, I'm just saying that's like what he's. <laughs> You're right. I do. You're defending I didn't it. realize that. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> All right, and there you have it, folks. Those were our movies that made us say, "What? And why? Why? Why would he do that? Okay. Why would there be snakes on a plane? Prison friend." Is that you? Lost in New York? All those things. Um, yeah, so we hope you enjoyed uh, our episode about far-fetched movie plots. And uh, if you have any, th- you know, ideas of your own, uh, or, you know, if there's any movie plots that we left out that you think are even worse than, than the ones that we mentioned, or even more convoluted or more stupid, email us about it at this at gmail.com. That's hey rewrite this at gmail.com or get at us on Instagram at rewrites podcast and uh, let us know just why uh, Mrs. Doubtfire is actually a crazy plot or whatever you have, whatever. I saw that on one of the list things I looked at. Um, but yeah, let us know uh, what crazy movie plots you guys can think of. And uh, again, I've been Nathan. 
And I've been Jacob. And thank you guys for listening. So come on down to Ray Robson. 